0: So today we're talking about a passage which is um, kind of a bit obscure. We've been going through the Romans for a while and we've just uh, taken a short break for one week to talk about something which will exercise your minds a bit, the number of the beast and so on. Uh, But the reason I'm talking about this is because basically everywhere we go, I'm hearing Christians talk about this passage and go, what's the go with this? Is this going on now? So we're going to give it a go, and, and hopefully you'll still love me at the end of this. If you love me at the start. Even. But, um, <laughs> no, we're going to pray first, because understand this, the book of the Revelation is a revelation, and it comes by the Holy Spirit showing us. It's not so much about understanding, as St Paul's uh, about a logical argument, it's about feelings and it's about God' showing us truths through in a, in a quite a different way. Uh, some people would say it's not my cup of tea uh, those people probably wouldn't enjoy watching the Lord of the Rings or Narnia movies right but those who do probably really love um, the revelation because it's it's a different mindset. so I'm going to pray Father I pray that you would give us your revelation as uh, we look at this passage today. And I pray that you would bring it to life for us in different ways that you'd minister to us at our point of need. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Might just cut that ring down a little bit on this. Um, Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs, it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast it deceived the inhabitants of the earth It ordered them to set up an image in honour of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark. Which is the name of the beast or the number of its name? This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man. That number is 666. Well, I hardly need to explain it, do I? Okay, that was a joke. Okay. Okay. Uh, Understand, uh, firstly, that this chapter—if you look at the flow of the revelation—I still got a ring. Can we? I'll I'll talk louder. Can you hear it or not? It's that's okay. Um, if If this chapter comes and it brings, it's kind of like the point where the heart and the plan and the kind of the scheming of evil is shown. And it is there to deliberately dethrone God. Okay? Does that make sense? Now, the thing is about the Revelation, I I have to give this every time I speak from it, it is a book which is figurative. People would say, no, it is all truth. It is definitely all truth, sorry. People would say, every bit of it is factual. What's the word? (laughs) Literal. It's not literal, and I'll give you an example of why it's not literal. It says, Jesus says, I hold some stars in my hands. By the way, those stars aren't stars, they're angels. And there's lampstands, but those aren't lampstands aren't lampstands, they're churches. Yeah? And uh, so, um, and Jesus is not called Jesus in the book, he's called a lamb. I can tell you right now, Jesus is not a lamb, he's a human being. But when you hear the word lamb, who looks like he's been slain, you are a picture that Jesus, the victor, is at all times like a man who's been crucified. Because he has. Do you understand? It's all true, but it's all figurative. And so rather than go for the actual meaning of it, we are talking more about the vibe. Sounds like the castle, doesn't it? It's the vibe of the thing. A bit like... If you were reading a Narnia book and you find Aslan the lion, you would find that uh, he was the one who was killed by the white witch for the sins of Edmund, and then he rose from the dead again. And we all go, hey, that sounds like Jesus. Yeah, which is what C.S. Lewis was talking about. Okay, I hope that makes some sense. Everything has a meaning. And the other thing about uh, the Revelation is people see it all as future. That's not the case. Because in chapter 12 of the Revelation, Jesus is born. That happened already. Okay, And, and you kind of if you read the book, you'd find that the earth is kind of destroyed and, and finished about five times through there. So another way to understand it is like this. If, if you could have on this back wall a picture of all of time... And over there, was there's creation and Adam and Eve are about there and, and maybe uh, the kings of Israel are there and then we might be about here. And then there's a future and Jesus returns over here and, and there's a new heavens and new earth over there. If you can imagine it was this great mural like those ones you see on city walls. One chapter of the Revelation might be someone coming and taking a photo of it. Huh? One, they might stand way back there and take a big photo, and another one a bit over there, and they get different snapshots of different periods of time and different happenings. And so it's, sometimes there's overlap, and I hope that makes sense too. So all of that is um, a background. I'm just starting. In chapter 12, that's the previous chapter, we find a great dragon who comes out of the sea and stands, and he seeks to devour the son who is born to a woman. He seeks to devour at Jesus. And then we're told that that great dragon is the devil. It's Satan, the accuser of, of the of the brethren. And the sea in the Revelation is not is not sea as we understand. The sea is the place where evil comes from. Evil comes out of this chaos, these dark waters, the unknown, and so it, it, the sea is kind of representative of everywhere that evil comes from. That's why at the end uh, of the Revelation, there's no longer any sea. It's not there's anything wrong with fishing and things like that. It's saying there's no longer a place where evil's going to come from. But we're told that actually it, 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 the, the Greek doesn't just say that, that this great dragon came out of the sea. It says he's constantly coming out of the sea. There's constantly evil being served up on this world. And we're told that Satan is incredibly powerful and he is totally opposed to God and his son. And when he can't get his hands on Jesus, who's just been born, and we remember that happened when Jesus was born, Herod came to kill all the babies, didn't he? Because he wanted to kill him. That's the devil in action through Herod. When, when, the, when Satan could not get hold this is chapter 12 of Jesus, he turns his attention to the church. Satan has one desire to crush the people of God. And then we're told that the people of God are kept safe in the desert, the place where God keeps people safe. And uh, he, He's looking after them. So God protects His people. This has gone to the background. Then at the start of chapter 13, we're introduced to a figure which is the second beast. No, sorry, it's the first beast. The first one was a dragon. This is the beast. (laughs) Stick with me, people, I hope. I hope you can get this. And this beast is a bit like the dragon personified. It's like the dragon at work. Because, you you see, uh, I talked about Herod. Herod is not the devil, is he? But what Herod did was exactly in line with what the devil wanted. So the the evil actions of humanity working out through humanity inspired by the work of the devil. Does that make sense? So that's his first beast. And he uh, is at work through sinful humanity. And just as the devil is all about violence and deceit and lies and murder uh, and hatred of God's people... So this uh, this beast is the same, uh, a bit like the antichrist. But the antichrist is not simply uh, anti, as in if I said I'm anti you, like the opposition is always anti the government. So whatever they say, they say no, that's stupid. You know, this is not anti. The word anti in in, in uh, the Hebrew setting meant it was a worship word. He seeks to put himself in the place of Jesus, antichrist he wants to be worshipped like Christ. He is opposed to him, undoubtedly, but he seeks to be set up and worshipped. So this beast, all he wants is to be worshipped. And he sets about conquering the nations and he does it with, as I'll give a good example here, brute strength. <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay. No, he, 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 he seeks to overcome them uh, with his strength. So he's got, I think it's 10 or 12 horns, and horns is a sign, signifies strength. He is very, very strong. Okay, now in verse 6 it says, this, this beast opened its mouth to blaspheme God, to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was was given power to wage war against God's holy people, to conquer them. It was given authority over every tribe, people, nation and language, language and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Right. What you might not see here... Straight away, but it is throughout the book of the Revelation, whenever it talks about the beast, the devil, the false prophet or anyone, the only authority they have is what is given to them. The devil has no authority that is not given to him. He, he is like a goat on a chain and he can go as far as that chain goes. And then he stops. And the Lord, uh, you know, he said to Job, You can do this to Job, but you cannot do this. And then later, now you can do this, but you cannot do that. The devil is not free. He is not a mighty, mighty king like Jesus. He is not the boss of everything. Jesus alone is. And so even in his evil intentions, he can only do what God allows. Now, he does do great evils. But he cannot outreach his chain. Now that might seem strange. But how does that work with God? Well, you see, God performs and does his will even through the evil works of the devil. I'll give you an example of that. And so we're talking about, uh, we, um, this is from Acts 4 verse 24. And uh, the people are, are persecuted, the, the, the Christians, the early Christians, and they're, they're in prayer. And as they pray, they pray this. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You're the mighty, mighty king. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And David said this in the Psalms. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Who are the people plotting? Who do people plot against and and rage against? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his Holy One. Against the Father and against the Son. Indeed, Herod, Pontius Pilate, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. So Herod and Pontius Pilate conspired against Jesus and they had him put to death on the cross. And then verse 28 says, They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So in all their evil intentions, everything trying to destroy the Son of God... They put him to death on a cross, and he, at that moment, he dealt with the sins of the world. And God raised him from the dead, and he brought salvation to humanity. The devil had a plan to destroy God's work and God's son. The dragon, that is the devil, put that into action through the beast, through his people on earth, and the way that they outworked through Herod and Pontius Pilate, the Jewish leaders, the Gentiles, and so they had exactly the same agenda as the devil. To overthrow the Lord of all. But even in their evil scheming, they did what God had planned before should happen. We serve a great God. Who is like the Lord? No one. No one is like the Lord. He is in control of all. We're not penty, but let's say amen to that. Amen. God's in control of all, right? Amen. Yes. Okay. Now, that... Means that whatever evil we face in this earth, and there's gonna be evil, there is. God is still working, and it, we don't, sometimes we don't understand how this all works, and it's a mystery to us. But the knowledge that God is working and is control is in control is what brings us peace. Uh, and, and a simple example of that in, in Acts is Stephen, right? A great Christian man is killed by people throwing rocks at him because he confesses Jesus as Lord. What does that cause? It caused Christians to flee out of Jerusalem and go all over the world and carry the gospel. Who won that one? Do you get it? Okay, and it also speaks of this beast. We're going back to the beast now, but understand that he is not the ruler of all things. He carries some sort of wound which would have been fatal but he's got some sort of a, uh, a false or a fake resurrection sort of thing. There's something going on there with that. And it's mentioned a number of times. The beast kind of is put to death and he rises up from the ashes a number of times, the way evil sort of does. Basically, the devil apes God. Do we use that word apes now? He mimics. He tries to be like God. Uh, but he is not God. And so he has. You see, if you have dangerous lies, the most dangerous lies are always close to the truth, aren't they? Yeah. If someone says to you, "God's not real," you go, oh, "Whatever." That's not true. We know God's real. Yeah. That's not a dangerous lie. But if someone says Jesus is, a, you know, just a little bit different than how we know him to be, that's a bit more sneaky. Do you understand? And the uh, the devil. Most dangerous lies are close to the truth. Okay, I'm continuing on. Everyone's staying awake. Everyone's looking good. That's good. It, It was given authority. This is verse seven. It, the beast, was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So he's been given again authority. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Uh-huh. So not all, but all those whose name is not in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb being Jesus, the book of life, it contains the names of all those who will put their trust in Jesus. Do we understand that? The beast has authority and he has an aim. He wants above all to be worshipped. He said to Jesus, didn't he, in the temptation, just worship me. And I'll give you a rule. If you'd be happy to be number two, and I'm me mean number one, I'll give you everything. Yeah, He wants worship. He wants to be like God. If you read Isaiah and Ezekiel, those passages about the devil, you find all he wants, he desires. He will never get there. He is not God. Okay. But he wants worship. He wants to be the Lord above all. Um, so... Those who was named the book in, have written in the Lamb's book of life who was slain from the creation of the world. Well, Jesus wasn't slain at creation, was he? He was in God's plan at the beginning. Right from the time, you know, Eve is promised a saviour to come. God, in God's scheme, Jesus was always going to come and bring salvation to this world. Now, the saints... I'm jumping forward a chapter, but I could also be going back in chapter 7, chapter 14, chapter 22. It says of these saints, of God's people, that they've got a mark on their forehead. We only seem to remember the mark of the beast, don't we, some people's foreheads. But they have a mark too. Believers have a mark. Revelation 14, 1 said that believers have the lamb's name and the father's name written on their foreheads. Father's name. Because you see, a mark in that day was something like a sign of ownership. If you had, a, if I had a slave or two, I would have property of Derek written whatever, written somewhere, so that everybody knew when they saw the slave who they belonged. To. A bit like Rob Brands' cattle. Yep, it's it's, it's a sign who whose allegiance, who do you who 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 you ruled by. It's a but you see. The mark is not necessarily a physical mark. Because what is the mark of a Christian? Faith in Jesus Christ. True? That is the mark. That is the mark which puts you in the Lamb's Book of Life. Is that true? Faith in Jesus Christ. Yep. Is there any other mark that could do that? No. Jesus Christ, the only one. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, as a seal of that mark. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, when you're sealed, it means, what's the Holy Spirit called? A guarantee. And what's a guarantee mean? It's a surety. It's a certainty. It's a, it, I've said this before, but what an incredible miracle that one of us could say this. I'm a Christian. I'm God's. Yep. By faith, that's what we are. And we can have a surety that that is true. But those who don't have the mark of God worship the beast. And that means they worship everything that the beast is into. The lusts, the greed, the evil, the deceit, the violence, the murder and all that. They love him because they are like him. Okay, now we've got to the chapter. i only just got the bit we're up to. Verse 11. The second beast comes out of the earth. And this beast, which is, sometimes people call the second beast the false prophet. He's a bit different. Remember the the beast rules with power? It says this one had two horns like a lamb. Now, two horns means uh, doesn't exercise his strength greatly. He acts gentle. He acts like a lamb. He acts innocent. He brings nice words, comforting words, soothing words, smooth words. Yeah? But it spoke like a dragon. What? He brings soothing words. So soothing that you don't listen to his words. You listen to the soothe. But if you were to write down his words and read them, you'd go, hang on. That's not right. Do you understand? So he doesn't exercise a strong power over people. He, schmoo- he schmoozes people. That's dangerous, isn't it? He doesn't stand over people or use brute force. Okay, But the words are still evil. Another subtle form of evil. The devil knows what he's doing. He's more powerful than us. Do you know that? The devil is more powerful than us. What do we have to overcome him? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. What's the word of our testimony? That we're in the lamb who shed his blood for us. There's nothing more. In other words, we do not have the strength to overcome the devil. But in Christ, he has overcome the devil. Does that make sense? Um, There's different ways of looking at the gospel. Today we're talking about the victory of Christ. Christ is victor. He is ruler of all. Okay. This second beast or false prophet exercised all authority, all the authority of the first uh, uh, first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. Uh, It had an intention to make the people worship the beast. That's its aim. Again, it's all about worship. And this um, second beast, a false prophet, does awe-inspiring miracles. It performed great signs, verse 13, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs, it was given power to perform on, on behalf of the first beast. It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. Okay, we love a good show, don't we? You show me a miracle and I'll say, that comes from God. Yeah, that's a natural thought, isn't it? But that's not what it's saying. Here we have great false signs. They have not come from God. You can't be deceived by the smooth words and you can't be deceived by the signs. Listen to what the words are saying and then you'll have understanding. That's about discernment okay? that comes from the Holy Spirit when we understand this is what they're actually saying. I hope that makes sense to you. It's really important for us to be discerning Christians and the best way for us to be discerning is to be in the Word of God, to know the Word of God and give the Holy Spirit something to work with. With that. okay. It ordered them to be set up in, 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 in an image of the in honour of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. It wanted to, again to be mimicked and uh, again it shows that it's, it's somehow trying to be like Christ. It, but you see, it showed, had this great sign, it, it, fire from heaven, a bit like fireworks. But do you know when the word of God came from heaven at the end, the word of Jesus comes like fire and it destroys all of his enemies. Real power comes from the word of Christ. Um, this, uh, it, it's making out it's been wounded. It's showing sort of signs like that for itself and its own glory. Jesus died for our glory. He died for us, to restore us. He, he was never self-centred. This beast is only intent on serving himself. He wants to suck people in. Another example. Sorry, this it's going to be a bit longer today. I'm sorry about this, but we've got to go into it in detail. Do you remember the Pharaoh's servants and the magicians, and they throw down their sticks and they become snakes? Yep, yeah, they've got power, haven't they? But it's a false, showy power. It's not real. God's power is used for the salvation of His people. It's used for good. The devil's power is to use destruction. Because what did the Pharaoh do with his power? And he showed his showy power he had control over people and he made slaves and he enslaved God's people. Okay. Then uh, we get to the passage. Uh, it forced all people, uh, great and small, rich and poor, slave and free, to receive a mark on their right hands or their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or its number or the number of its name. So the beast seeks to put his mark of ownership on people as God's mark of ownership is on people, uh, on all who worship the beast, and from every area of society, great or small, rich or poor, free or slave. Now, this mark is not necessarily physical, as I talked about the mark of God being faith, but it is most definitely a sign of worship Because all who worship the beast, okay, receive the mark of the beast. Uh, I I, I say this bit is just jumping into the little bit uh, about what people talk about being injected with microchips that suddenly you're owned by Satan. Things like that. People are saying that. We know that, right? Yep. You can't accidentally be injected with something that makes you worship Satan. Worshipping Satan is bowing low to him and wanting his desires. It doesn't work like that. Um, Linda, has your dog, Honey, been microchipped? Yeah, yeah, it's right. Microchip. I wasn't happy <laughs> Okay. I can tell you that being microchipped by the council does not make Honey, Linda's dog, worship the council. I know that Honey worships Linda. I've seen her. Yeah? Do you understand that? You can't accidentally receive something which will cause you to be of the devil. Worship of the devil is a decision you make when you desire the things of this world. Is that clear? Okay. Worship God alone. Stay, remain in Christ. That is where we're safe from the work of the devil. Okay. He uses his mark to control the buying and selling of goods. He tries to stop the saints from buying food, necessity of life. He tries to limit their trade. He, he, uh, all those who worship the beast do have his mark. Um, and uh, Now, I, I, I just, I'll just make another statement here. When we're talking about governments in this world trying to control people, do you know John says in, in 1 John, the world and everything in it is under the control of the evil one? The world is talking about the sinful world. We we don't actually the sins at work in this world. We do know that, and none of what I'm saying is denying that. Okay, but to worship the beast is a decision, and we worship Christ, so we can't accidentally be given anything that forces us to worship the devil. Do you want? Does that, is that clear? I really want to make that clear, because um, because the next verse says, "This calls for wisdom." We need to think about this. Actually, when it comes to buying and selling, throughout history, there have been uh, rulers and people who have who uh, have tried to control the food lines to Christians. They've tried to cut people out because people don't like Christians. Why don't they like Christians? Why why is everybody so? Why why is the evil world so opposed to? Christians, Because the devil hates and is attacking God's people. And he works through rules and so on to do that. So we can't deny that. But what we don't want to do is see that the answer to our problems is in a non-essential issue. It is in worshipping Christ, the one who can save us. It's faith in him which marks us as belonging to God. And only those who worship the lamb will be saved. I hope that's really clear. I know I know it's. I'm repetitive, but this is a really important point for us. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast for it as the number of a man. That number is six, six, six. When the Bible does talk about human figures rising up and having great power over people, and we, we see that with the Antichrist, we also see that Antichrist figures come up throughout history. They're always there. A the number of the beast is the number of a man. It's 666. Six, six. <laughs> Very complicated. Um, if you were to learn Greek, you'd learn the letters of the Greek alphabet. There used to be a sixth letter of the alphabet. You don't, I don't know if anyone knows the Greek alphabet. It was the letter stigma. It's obsolete now. The sixth letter. And actually, originally, it said something like stigma, stigma, stigma. And stigma has a bad, you know, uh, this sounds has got a stigma attached. It's a bad sort of thing. That's a bad thought, and it's the sixth letter of the Bible. Because often when people use numerals, you know, they'd use alpha as one. You know, when we used to write codes as kids, beta two, gamma three, ABG. Um, now, we don't fully understand the significance of six, 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 but we do know this: throughout the Revelation and in the Bible, number seven is a number of completion the number of perfection, and six falls short of it. And uh, a lot of uh, people would say that the devil sets up in the dragon, the beast, the false prophet, an unholy trinity who work together to fight God's people because he's trying to ape God again. 666. And God is 777, who has it all together. That's just a thought. I can't, I can't tell you exactly what that means. We're not sure in any case, but we do know this: the mark is a mark of allegiance. It's a mark to who we worship. So I've got five points I want to make quickly from this, and the point one, and these are kind of what how this works out. We will see things in this world today that are the actions of evil. That's a fact. Point one is simply this: God is ruling. He's ruling over all that we see and all that we don't see. He is the King of Kings. Jesus is. He's ruling. Point two, if we have the mark of God, we are safe. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, sin Christ Jesus. That's what that means. Yeah? Yep. Don't think that you can accidentally stumble on something and suddenly be a non-Christian because God's the one who holds us. We have great assurance. Jesus is kind of not using liquid paper in the book of life. Yeah? Okay? Is your name written in the book of life? Have you trusted in Jesus? There's no safety outside of it. Um, point three, say I've said it already, you can't accidentally get the mark of the beast. Worship is about honouring God, and what we should hear today is Honor God, and, that, and when we honor God by worshiping Him alone, do you know what? There might be times where we are greatly persecuted. Maybe it won't be in our lifetime. Maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be next year. Christians will be persecuted. That's the promise of Christ. Uh, but have the mark of God. Stay safe in Christ. That's the only answer. Okay. Point four. Be careful not to strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. That's something Jesus said to the Pharisees. What it, it, it's a funny picture. He's saying, you've got your jug of water and, you, and you're there, Pharisees, and you pull out that little thing and you swallow the old camel. Now You can't fit a camel in the cup because he's being funny. But you, you understand what, what he's saying is to the Pharisees. You are here with all your little, little, tiny sub and you forget the big one. Okay, Keep Jesus at the centre. Don't go into all the little laws and get caught up in the discussions and the arguments that everybody is. Worship Christ as everything. Does that make sense? Exercise the wisdom that God has given you and that wisdom is about Christ Jesus, Saviour, and keep him at the centre. And point five, God wins in the end through Christ. Just always remember that. Whatever you face, the devil is very, very angry. It says he's furious. Why? Because he knows his time is short. In other words, he knows that God's got his days numbered. Nothing can change that. His days are finished. Remember, God wins through Christ, and at the end, we do know the end of the story, don't we? What's there going to be? Well, like every fairy tale, there's going to be a marriage. And the husband who's Christ and his bride, the church, get together and they live happily ever after. And there will be no more seed. There will be no more tears and pain and crying and suffering because there'll be, nowhere for the, there'll be nowhere for that to come from. There'll be no source of evil anymore. It'll all be gone and all glory will be to God forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to pray. Father, teach us by your word and I pray that you would bring these truths home to us, that we might live in the fullness of the peace that comes from knowing your son Jesus and that our whole lives would be found in him. I pray that we would live by faith, the same faith we were saved by, that our, we would walk by faith, that every moment of our life would be by faith in you, our righteous and powerful and victorious God who will bring us home. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.